Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. on us for every customer current new everyone to show the love black star network is here He makes sure that our stories are told. Uh, thank you for being the voice of Black America, Roland. I love y'all. All momentum we have now 
We have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Monday, June 13, 2022, uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered broadcasting live here from Atlanta from the UNCF 2022 uh, Summit for, for Black Higher Education. So we'll be talking with Dr. Michael Lomax, who runs the organization. Uh, we'll be broadcasting for the next three days here, uh, showing you what is happening in the world of HBCUs, how things have changed. We also talk about what's happening on the digital side of campuses going virtual uh, in this post-COVID, well, still in the COVID world, but post-COVID world. We'll also talk about the January 6th committee today. We told y'all Donald Trump was a grifter, right? Mm, now the committee said that they raised $250 million for a committee that didn't exist. We'll show you what happened uh, at today's uh, hearing. Uh, also, uh, there is a uh, gun resolution, a compromise in the United States Senate. Uh, it is the first major gun legislation in nearly 30 years. We'll talk about whether it goes far enough. Now a seventh Haitian at the Special Olympics in Florida has gone missing. Number seven, we'll give the details uh, on that. Also, uh, some heartbreaking news of one of the black and missing folks we told you about uh, earlier this month. And Jennifer Hudson makes history uh, as she wins the EGOT, the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar. Last night, she won the Tony Award. Folks, lots to cover right here on Rolling Martin Unfiltered. It's time to bring the funk on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. All right, folks, uh, we are here uh, in Atlanta for the UNCF 2022 Summit for uh, Black Higher Education. A uh, number of folks from all across the country are here meeting over uh, the next three days to talk about various issues. Uh, it is a packed house uh, in about 30 minutes. will be the opening session. We'll be carrying uh, that live uh, from, from Atlanta. Uh, and as I said, uh, anybody who's been paying any attention, we have seen the resurgence of HBCUs across the country. There are a number of reasons, uh, but we cannot deny the reality uh, that with the death of George Floyd, there's been a significant uh, financial uh, increase uh, to HBCUs, but also HBCU uh, have seen explosion, uh, many of them, if, when it comes to students. Uh, many of you may have seen the New York Times story yesterday. Those of you who watched this show, 
you didn't read the New York Times. We've been trying to tell you all that for the last three years, what's been going on. Uh, somebody who's been very much involved uh, in the middle of this is Dr. Michael Lomax, uh, who is the CEO of the UNCF, uh, of course, uh, as longtime resident here in Atlanta. So he knows this place real well. Dr. Lomax, good to see you. How you doing? Hey, welcome to my town, man. Yeah, indeed. I'm glad to have you here. Well, I see you, and you, you dressed appropriately. That, that's the seersucker you got going on? I have a little bit of seersucker, but, you know, I, I'm not wearing my, hey. uh, you know, hey. Look, great... White African attire, as I, you are. I, I'm from Houston. I know how to dress in the heat. <laughs> I know how to dress in the heat. So all these folks be complaining about how hot it is. I'm like, y'all, this is a spring day. This oh, is a big no, deal. This, this is good weather down here. Indeed, indeed. Let's so let's talk about uh, this summit. Uh, this is an annual gathering of the UNCF. Well, it is an interrupted annual gathering of, of UNCF. You know, we haven't been able to convene our community in two years. And there's a lot of pent-up demand, and there's a lot of new news. You know, there's a lot that has been happening. You know, if you, if you were to wind the clock back to 2000, to March, when everything shut down and the pandemic... 2020. Uh, I mean, 2020. Right. And the pandemic was the news of the day. You know, I think if you were to ask black college presidents and black college students what's the future, they would say it looks pretty grim. Yeah. We're going to have to shut down campuses go home. We're going to have to go online. Oh, no, I remember. My, my niece is a student at Howard University. I, I get the notice. I call her parents. I'm like, uh, she's going home. Yeah. And so I had to go get her, bring her to our house. I had to call a friend. I was like, say, man, Howard is shutting down in 24 hours. He was like, what? I said, you need to come get your daughter. I mean, so people, they didn't know what was going on. Then it was like, well, classes come back in the fall. She came back to our house in the fall. She went to school at our house I'm like, because yeah. they couldn't go to class. Yeah. Well, and that's right. I mean, we had a crisis. Uh, UNCF and black colleges got together and we said, what do we do to manage our way through this crisis? Uh, how do we stabilize our institutions? And, and actually the academic experience of our students because it was totally disrupted. Right. Your, your niece had some place to go. She had some place to go where there was Wi-Fi. Right. Uh, she had probably all this equipment yep. you yep. got in your hand. Yep. She, think about most of our students didn't have that. So we had to jump in quickly. We had to provide Wi-Fi. We had to provide equipment. We had to help people find housing. Uh, in the fall, we had an early recovery, but it was only a partial recovery because a lot of our campuses could not open up. Right. And now, two years later, we're back. Uh, we're ending an academic year. We're preparing for another academic year. And guess what? HBCUs are more visible than they've ever been. They are attracting a new generation of students. They are attracting a new generation of philanthropy. There, It seems like a period of opportunity. So we are convening at a time which is not really what we expected, but we are, we are convening at a time of momentum. And the question is, is this momentum for the moment? Or is this the new future for HBCUs? I'm going to come back to that uh, in a second. I do want to talk about um, what was transpiring, uh, especially in the digital space, because many HBCUs, like most black institutions, but not just black people, a lot of people all across the country were grossly unprepared for a, a totally virtual world. But the rally, it was exacerbated, frankly, in our community. There were a lot of uh, HBCUs. I don't even want to talk... If I bring up HBCU online to Tom Joyner, he will start cussing. Yeah. Because he, cause he, what he was trying to do years ago, folks were resistant. 
A lot of black churches didn't want to be online. But all of a sudden, COVID, they had no choice. Yeah. And so what has been interesting over the last two years, it has forced so many institutions to have to do the things that they were long resisting. Yeah. And, you know, black colleges and black churches, two foundation institutions in the black community. Uh, we could not afford to be shut down and not have an alternative. And so we did a lot of scurrying. But, you know, we were pretty adaptable and, and we found a way. I, I know in the work that we did, we had to help thousands of black college faculty transition their classes from in person on a piece of paper and a lecture to online. Uh, we had to help institutions get the online ability to do that with their students. And we did. We did a pretty good job. Uh, now what we're thinking about is how do we prepare for that new future? Right. And that's what we're doing here. We're also celebrating being together. You know, we are, this is a community, so we got to do a little celebrating. Right, right. But also understanding what was the journey for our students, our faculty, our institutions, and how do we make that a building block for the future? Uh, it is interesting you were talking about, you know, how do you move in the future? Because uh, I've, I'm trying to think, I'm probably now up to 65 or so HBCUs that I've been to. Um, done 14 commencements. And so I was speaking to the South Carolina State alumni at the beginning of the year. New president. And what was interesting is they were, these alumni was, they were so focused on uh, new buildings and getting students back on campus. And I was telling them, folks, pump your brakes. You're talking about South Carolina State when you were there. I said, you now have a world where there are students who can actually finish from your school and they're in California. Yeah. And I said, and, and this is what I told the alumni. I said, I need y'all to back the hell off mm -hmm. and let your president do what he needs to do. And, and to realize that this forcing mechanism that we call COVID um, actually is laying a foundation for a broader reach for HBCUs. I mean, the fact that today, I mean, and, and you know, there are so many of those students who want their HBCU experience right. in person and on campus, uh, yet there are also a bunch of people whose lives have been disrupted and they don't want to disrupt their education. But they also financially can't necessarily afford to go. So they want to go, hey, where my mom or dad went, but the travel, all those things yeah. that go along with it. And so it's just creating a new way for them to still participate. And and so what I'm saying to my colleagues in HBCU land is uh, we've got to make sure that we don't squander right. this crisis. There you go. That we really build on it. What did it tell us about who wants to be uh, a part of our community and how we reach them and give them their piece of it? And so a lot of our institutions now, yes, they are bringing students back in person but they're also going hybrid. Right. And they are, yes, uh, reaching out to bring more students. And getting creative in the process oh, of their teaching. And getting creative and, and extending their brand. You know, Spelman College uh, has created an adult learning program, which is giving a bunch of black women who already have degrees an opportunity to have a Spelman experience. And how are they having that? They're having it online. Well, Morehouse uh, said that if you had not finished uh, if you had X number of credits and you were looking to finish, 
they allowed for them to finish uh, at Morehouse those last two years. Now, just let's just pause for a moment and remember what it was like back in the day when you had to show up, right. take that course, and uh, we weren't flexible. We, right. We, and, and so we've learned. Well, you being nice, you said weren't flexible. Well, no, extremely know, resistant. Resistant. And, <laughs> and I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna benefit from that. And we're going to give this experience to others. And I want to say, but I do want to lift up some real uh, heroes and, and sheroes during this period. The first group I want to lift up is the students who didn't give up. Right. And uh, that they have persisted. We've seen them having the opportunity this year for a graduation on their campuses. Uh, Think about, I, I, my grandson is a rising junior at Morehouse. So think what happened to him. He didn't have a senior year of high right. school. His freshman year was at my house. <laughs> <laughs> and his sophomore year, he's finally gotten to live on campus. Right. But he hasn't been on the Spelman campus because he's not in a class over there, so he, he's not allowed on it because, because they've had to be right. so, so protected. Right. Uh, Yet he is me making satisfactory academic progress, and he's going to graduate in four years. Uh, I, I want to lift up those students because right. they've been incredible. I want to lift up the faculty who have stuck with our institutions and are now uh, their virtual faculty and in-person right. faculty. And I want to lift up the college leaders who have fought for black colleges over the last two years and our black colleges are today, Roland, in stronger financial position because of the work that we did in Washington, D.C., right. uh, getting loan forgiveness to the institutions. $1.6 billion. $1.6 billion, getting funding out of the uh, funds that came to our COVID institutions. Uh, another. Right, we were talking about nearly $7 billion, and we've covered that extensively on the show. And, and i gotta, I got to ask you this because this has been one of the things that's been driving me crazy. When I hear people who are very dismissive of that seven or eight billion dollars, and I, I literally have gone through the numbers on the end, and I've had I've had to show people that literally Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Florida A&M, North Carolina A&T, and I'm going to list, they got collectively four times as much money than the state was giving them. Yes. So all these people who were saying, you know, we've got nothing for black people from Biden, from the Democrats in Congress. The fact of the matter is that one point six billion in loan forgiveness is huge. Oh, look, <laughs> that funding has been the cushion that has saved historically black colleges. And for loan forgiveness means you ain't got to pay the money back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's what and, it means. And and, you know, Certainly, black colleges deserve and need more. But this is a down payment and a right. significant down payment. And it has been done by the White House, the Congressional Black Caucus, and our allies in the United States Congress. Right. That was, that's a big deal. Can't, can't dismiss it. Uh, and, and then there's been private philanthropy. Now, the private philanthropy, the, the, the federal funds went to everybody. Right. The private philanthropy went to the to a, a smaller group of them, and and while I welcome that philanthropy and I appreciate it, uh, you can't just support 20 percent of black colleges right. and expect 100 percent of them to produce different results. So 
That's we, we still live in a time when black colleges are playing catch up, right? And where there is a focus on helping the well-known few, right? And not the entire community, right? And, and, and on, on that particular point there, because uh, when it comes down to the money, uh, that there, there was a tremendous amount of money. Uh, that was doled out to black institutions after the death of George Floyd. Some called it white guilt. Some said this was this was the reckoning. To your point about this moment, or whatever. This is what I keep saying. We're operating what I call a third reconstruction. Right. And so our mentality has to be that way. That we can't just be okay. Let's be satisfied for the last two years. Say no, no, no. We've got to have this focus for the next ten to fifteen, twenty years. What I call sustained investment. Yes. You know, the point you made about you listed uh, those those black public institutions. Yes, they got four times the amount from the federal government than they'd been getting from the state. But they were. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The states were still underfunding Precisely. them and have been doing that for 100 years. Yep. So one, two years don't make up for 100 years. Precisely. Well, look, I know you have to, I got it. I got it. You got to give me the rap three times. Tell, tell Roy to slow down. This ain't my first rodeo. Well, so and, you got to. And guess what? It's not mine either. I, I got it right. And, and it's not ours together. We know when to, sh- to I got stop you. the show. I, I looked at it. It's 619. The panel starts at 630. You gotta have, you're going to be sitting there with the conversation. We'll be carrying some of it live. Uh, we'll be chatting. We'll be chatting again. But we're certainly. But let uh, me just say this. Mm-hmm. The most important things we're doing here are two. We're bringing the community together, and we've got you here to amplify it across the country. So I want to thank you, Roland Martin, because you have been the voice of black colleges. You've been an advocate for our students, our faculty, and our institutions. And you are always, always unfiltered. (laughs) <laughs> and telling it right. That's the only way. Well, look, so what's going to be happening, uh, we're going to be, you have the panel inside, uh, we're going to be cutting in and out, but we're going to be then uh, restreaming the entire session. Uh, for everybody who's watching, uh, the uh, plenary sessions begin tomorrow, so we'll be actually live streaming uh, all the sessions, all the plenary sessions tomorrow, uh, as well as on Wednesday and then the session on Thursday. And so you can watch those live. You can also watch the restream. You can also download the Black Star Network app. Uh, and so we'll be pushing that content out and then also having, of course, all of our social media uh, pages as well. So follow the UNCF on the social media platforms. Uh, look for the uh, hashtag uh, UNCF Unite uh, as well. And so Michael Lomax, glad to be here. And so uh, uh, time for the you got yeah, my handlers are pulling me yeah, away. I know. I mean, I, I, I was I was Tim Woosaw. Tell breathe over there. We good. Okay. It's just a short little walk into the ballroom. I, and I think I can manage. I think quickly. so. Thank you very Doc, much. Doc, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Great to see you, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, folks, uh, as I said, uh, we're here in Atlanta uh, at the UNCF Unite 2022 conference. Uh, and so we're going to uh, talk uh, about HBCUs with our panel. When we come back, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back here. Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Back in a moment. Verizon just gave us all a brand new iPhone 13. We've been customers for years. I thought new phones were for new customers. We got iPhone 13s too, switched to Verizon two minutes ago. Ours were busted, and we still got a shiny new one. Check it out. So wait, everybody gets the same great deal. I think that's the point. iPhone 13 on us. For every customer. Current, new, everyone. On any unlimited plan, starting at just $35. All on the network more people rely on. On the next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie, we're talking all things mental health and how helping others can help you. We all have moments where we have struggles, and on this week's show, our guests demonstrate how helping others can also help you. Why you should never stop giving and serving others on a next A Balanced Life here on Black Star Network. Love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built in. 
We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking, one of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology, find new roads, Chevrolet. I'm Bill Duke. This is Diallo Riddle. What's up, y'all? I'm Will Packer. I'm Chrisette Michelle. Hi, I'm Chaley Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, uh, welcome back to uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered Broadcasting from Atlanta from the UNCF uh, Unite 2022 uh, Summit for Black Higher Education. Glad to have all of you here. Let me introduce my panel for today's show, Dr. Julian Mabo. She's the Dean of the College of Ethnic Studies, California State University, Los Angeles. Reverend Jeff Carr, founder of the Infinity Fellowship uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Dr. Jason Nichols, Senior Lecturer, African-American Studies Department, University of Maryland, College Park. Uh, Julian, I want to start with you. Uh, you, of course, uh, pre- former president of uh, Bennett College. Uh, you heard what we talked about there with uh, Michael Lomax. Uh, th- this moment that we're operating in, that, that there is a real uh, resurgence, uh, renewed focus uh, on HBCUs. You have students who, uh, many top students who are choosing uh, to attend uh, HBCUs over predominantly white institutions. Uh, you see what's happening in athletics. Uh, one of the top gymnasts who decides to uh, go to an HBCU that's just starting a, a gymnastic program. You've got, of course, the number one uh, quarterback in the country, Travis Hunter, who chooses uh, Jackson State over many of the uh, Power Five conferences. A couple of years ago, you have the number two basketball player in the country who chose to attend uh, Howard University. You've got Steph Curry, who's funding uh, the renewed golf program uh, at Howard University. Uh, and then you're seeing uh, the push when a few years ago when Reverend Jackson was pushing Silicon Valley, he's pushing them to create uh, partnerships uh, with HBCUs. And so these things are happening. And so just uh, from your vantage point, as somebody who, who sat in that position uh, of having to call folks like me to raise money to keep kids in school, just, just talk about uh, this moment that we're in uh, and how HBCUs should be taking advantage of it. You know, Roland, thank you for reminding me of those hard days. I'm sitting here now saying, shoot, I wish I could be a president now, as opposed to, you know, when I had to get my tin can out uh, to get some of my students graduated. But it's a wonderful moment. Uh, so many of our young people, first of all, this generation of young people are far more self-aware and assertive about what they want. So they don't care that you can dangle Harvard in their face when they're thinking Howard. They want to have an undergraduate experience, if they're in person, that is friendly, that's compatible. They don't want to have to fight these white professors who are basically have hidden biases, in some cases, some not-so-hidden biases. Uh, they don't want to go to, um, I don't know, colleges that don't have the labs, which is why the, um, the contribution to Morgan State 
$20 million from the, um, I guess it was the Jeff Bezos widow. That was just so very important. And the other large contributions. But as both you and uh, Brother Lomax said in your interview, picking up a few is not the point. Let's fund HBCUs generally. HBCUs have been conditionally, uh, traditionally, systematically underfunded. Uh, AT&T, uh, when you compare them to North Carolina State as an example, you look at a, a glaring difference in what the state does. We can see the same. This lawsuit was settled in Maryland, but the same kind of thing when you compare a Coppin um, to another college. And you can, you can go state by state and see what's been done. So the resurgence, which is very exciting, it's a step in the right direction, but it's not enough. Of course, we applaud uh, President Biden, and we've talked about this extensively on this program, about the myths about he hasn't done enough. Certainly, he hasn't done enough about a lot of things. But in terms of HBCUs, he's kept some of his promises, and we have to celebrate that. I'll dog you when you're doing wrong, but when you're doing right, we got to give him a little plan, hand clap and say thank you. I just... I mean, the persons uh, that Globex lifted up are the most important, the students. The students have brought their technology, their energy, and they're forcing us as higher education administrators to be far more uh, flexible. Uh, Jeff, you're there in Nashville, of course, uh, Fisk University, uh, Meharry uh, Medical School. Uh, they are uh, located there. Uh, just your thoughts in terms of, again, uh, this, the resources that we've seen uh, that have come the way of HBCUs, uh, but also... Uh, what you what you're seeing from students, what you're seeing from uh, when a Megan Thee Stallion decides to go back to college and she enrolls in Texas Southern University, TSU talked about uh, the, the tremendous uh, response that uh, they received from students who themselves said, "Wait a minute, I I can go back and finish my degree." Yes, absolutely, and uh, I shout out Megan Thee Stallion for that choice. Uh, although here in Nashville, I got to remind you that. Uh, Texas Southern University is considered the other TSU. Uh, here we call ourselves Tennessee State University in big blue country. I'm from Houston now. I'm from Houston right. now, so there's only going to be one TSU on this show. I, there sure the elders here, we, we like you to from go back to is, you know, we like to we like to take it back half a century before Houston saw an HBCU. But uh, we understand, we understand, because we're all part of the same family and tradition. Uh, and just like uh, we we are from the same family and tradition, we always have a right uh, to joke like that uh, because we're we're joking and making humor of good things. I'm a Tennessee State alum. Uh, my wife is a Fisk alum, so she is absolutely turning backflips, celebrating the fact that the top gymnast in the country is coming to her HBCU right up the street. So between Tennessee State, Fisk University, American Baptist College, Meharry Medical College, we can't we can't minimize and we can't maximize the importance of these schools. Consider this: those schools that I listed just now were the core of the civil rights movement that birthed the Diane Nashes, the C.T. Vivians, the Congressman John Lewis's, all of them were college students here in a space that was for them, that poured into them, that developed leadership. And they walked down to Fifth Avenue, downtown Nashville, got hot coffee poured on them, got hoses put on them, got beaten with batons and pelted with bricks and mallets, and still hung in there because there was something that was given to them at an HBCU 
that provided them with the confidence to stand strong and tall, to think about the people seven generations behind them and to think about the people seven generations before them, that's the energy you get with a, with an HBCU. I love what you and Dr. Lomax were saying. Uh, I think there's something that he said that we all have to pay attention to, and it adds to what uh, former president uh, Dr. Julianne said, uh, and that is that we cannot squander the pandemic. So we can't squander what happened. We had an opportunity to bring the wagons home, to circle them back, uh, to have a new opportunity to put a renewed focus on HBCUs and the safe spaces that they provide for people like us. Because aside from jobs, leadership is going to come from HBCUs. Inspiration is going to come for um, HBCUs. And I can say as a kid that got kicked out of high school, expelled, barely passed an ACT, that when I ended up on the campus of Tennessee State University. Had it not been for that environment and the students and the faculty administration who looked in my eyes and told me that I could do whatever I wanted, eventually convincing me to believe them, I would not be sitting here with you great minds today. Uh, Jason, uh, you're there at the University of Maryland. Uh, the governor of Maryland was forced to sign uh, a nearly $500 million settlement uh, when the four HBCUs or, or lawyers on behalf of the four HBCUs sued the state of Maryland uh, because uh, they said they allowed the state to, to they allowed duplication to be created, thereby uh, robbing those HBCUs of innovative programming. Uh, that whole issue of, uh, uh, issue of underfunded, uh, a committee in Tennessee came out and said that the Tennessee state had been underfunded to the tune of uh, at least $500 million. We had Dr. Alvin Chambliss Jr. on the show who successfully sued on behalf of the Mississippi colleges uh, in a major multi-million dollar settlement there as well. And I remember going down North Carolina when they were having some HBCU battles, and I was actually pushing black state legislators there to, to uh, work with uh, lawyers and sue North Carolina. I really do think uh, these state institutions, these state HBCUs, lawyers should be looking at filing similar suits like the one in Maryland. And granted, it was 13 years like the one in Mississippi and other places against these states for their historic underfunding of HBCUs. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and you know, I'm going to tell a, just a really brief story, uh, my story, and that is, uh, and some people may be upset with me, but I, I initially wanted to go to Morehouse College. And uh, when I visited, um, a lot of the students were telling me stories about how underfunded they were and how some of, you know, that it resulted in making it difficult uh, to register for classes. And this is before we had online, you know, registration and things like that. And that kind of solidified my, my choice to stay here in the state of Maryland and to attend the University of Maryland. If we had equalized the funding, I think you'll see even more competition. You'll see even more students wanting to uh, attend HBCUs. And, you know, they get that family environment, although I will argue that uh, here at, you know, at my university, if you come to African-American studies, you get an HBCU experience on a PWI campus, and we will give you all the support, the kind of support that the Reverend was just talking about that he got at Tennessee State. But I will say that uh, there has to be more equal funding. Uh, HBCUs historically get less revenue from tuition, so they need that extra funding in order to keep the lights on and to ha have 
everything that they need to be successful. And the state of Maryland essentially was robbing them. And finally, uh, that was uh, handled in the courts. Um, and you have to have that patience, as we, as you pointed out, that it was a 13-year process. You know, we think things sometimes happen overnight. They don't. The Montgomery bus boycott was a year long. It was. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play wasn't overnight so um but it's worth the fight um so that our students people you know black people uh will have more opportunities to be educated around other black people 
All right, folks, hold tight one second. Uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to be talking to a couple of HBCU presidents, including one uh, who is uh, who stepped down uh, after 16 years. We'll find out what Dr. Walter Kimbrough is going to be doing next. Uh, and so we'll do that. But coming up next, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, the first major gun legislation coming out of Congress uh, in nearly 30 years. Is this compromise bill good or bad for America? We'll discuss that next with uh, someone for Moms uh, for Demand. That's next on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Don't forget, download the Black Star Network app on all available platforms. Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. You can also join our Bring the Funk fan club with your dollars. Make it possible for us to do things like this. Travel, um, report from different places across, across the country. Checks and money orders to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. We'll be right back. From UNCF Unite 2000, Summit for Black Higher Education. Love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. A powerful movement is rising across America. From the Mississippi Delta to the Apache Stronghold. From the homeless encampments of Washington State to the coal fields of Appalachia of West Virginia. We are the 140 million poor and low wealth people in this country. And we are building the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. On June 18th, ahead of this year's midterm elections, while the Congress is still in session, we will hold a mass poor people's and low wage workers assembly and moral march on Washington to arrest the attention of the nation, to put a face and a voice on poverty and low wages in this country. This is a watershed moment for justice and democracy in America. There are those who say that transformative change is impossible, but history teaches us that it is precisely in times like these that people must build a broad and deep movement from the bottom up. We must compel this nation to repent, to lament, and to see the realities that have been hidden for far too long. On June 18th, we will come together to lift the voices of the poor and low-wage workers who know that change is not only possible, it is essential for our survival. We will make the connections to show how systemic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, the denial of health care, the war economy, and the false moral narrative of religious nationalism and white supremacy are hurting us all. We will show the nation the faces of Americans who cannot afford to go back to normal. We will detail the policies that can move us toward a society that works for everyone. And we will pledge to go home and build power for transformative change in this year's election and for years to come. Because the question should have never been, how much will it cost to address poverty? The real question is, how much is it costing us not to? Somebody's been hurting our people. It's gone on far too long and we won't be silent or unseen anymore. Join us in DC on June 18th 
build with us for a third reconstruction in America. Visit poorpeoplescampaign.org. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. Yeah. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking, one of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology, find new roads, Chevrolet. Hi, I'm Vivian Green. Hi, this is Essence Atkins. Hey everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered. Hey, folks, welcome back to Atlanta. This is a live look uh, at the uh, session in the main ballroom at the UNCF's Unite 2022 Summit for Black Higher Education. Uh, there is going to be a uh, discussion uh, in a little bit moment. Uh, they are doing libations right now uh, for those who uh, are no longer with us. And so we will be uh, joining them when that uh, session actually begins. And so uh, let's uh, talk about uh, big news of the day where a bipartisan group of U.S. senators, uh, they say that they have come to a compromise uh, for the first gun safety bill uh, in nearly 30 years. The proposal includes more resources for mental health, school safety, and more restrictions for dangerous individuals to get weapons. Ten, at least 10 Republican senators are in support giving uh, that's assuming all 50 Democrats uh, support this uh, legislation. Of course, joining us now is uh, Melody McFadden. She's a volunteer for Moms Demand Action, an organization uh, fighting for public safety measures that can protect people from gun violence. Uh, Melody, glad to have you here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. So first and foremost, um, from your perspective, from the perspective of uh, your organization, uh, is this a good bill? I have seen a number of progressive uh, commentators and other politicians say this is horrible, it is weak, it is bad, it's not good enough. The Democrats, Democrats caved in. Your, uh, uh, what is uh, Moms Demand Action? What is their response to this bill? Our response is that this is a good first step after over 26 years of no action at all. So to take a step forward is a positive thing, and it will save lives if the Senate advances this bill and makes it law. So this is a good thing. One of the things that um, that, that I've that heard that this closes the dating loophole. Can you explain that? Yes, sir. And again, thank you for having me tonight. I'm so grateful to be with you. Our... Um, Domestic violence survivors throughout the nation have been deeply affected by what we call the boyfriend loophole. The boyfriend loophole leaves a avenue open for someone that's convicted of domestic violence. Just because he's not the spouse or she's not the spouse, it still allows them to purchase a weapon and thereby have the opportunity to go back and kill a person that they're in a domestic violence dispute with or to hurt them. So if this bill passes forward, the boyfriend loophole, as we call it, will be closed. A person that is under um, a domestic violence conviction 
will no longer have access to a weapon where they can go back and hurt their girlfriend or their boyfriend. It will not allow them just because of their relationship status. A husband or a wife, if they were convic convicted of domestic violence, would not have that access, nor should a convicted boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, and you talked about the first step, uh, and this is one of those things that I think about the first step act and there are people who are saying, okay, when is the second, when is the third? So it's not as if this bill gets uh, passed in both chambers and goes to the president. There cannot be another bill. Uh, there are still people uh, who believe that, that, that America must raise the age from 18 to 21 and must also ban assault weapons. That is true. That is very true especially um, because this bill does have something towards that. That is why I say it is a good first step. It is going to expand background checks for those under 21 years old. It gives us a chance to speak with local law enforcement. It gives a chance for a state background check before a person can just presently, they can buy a weapon and walk right out with it. This will give us some time to do a proper background check, check some mental health issues, check some other issues so that a weapon shouldn't end up in the hands of someone that is going to hurt others or themselves. All right, uh, Melody, uh, with uh, Moms uh, Demand Action, first of all, we certainly appreciate uh, you uh, joining us. Uh, look, uh, y'all have been on the forefront of fighting this for quite some time. Battling we will continue. Uh, and others. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we certainly appreciate uh, the work that y'all have been doing. Thanks a lot. I want to say thank you again because this honors my take loved ones from gun violence. My mother was taken and my niece, Sandy Patrice. So thank you so much for having me. Mm. We appreciate it. Thank you so very much. I want to bring you. in my panel right now, uh, Jeff, Jason, uh, and Julian. And Jeff, I'll start with you. Uh, you heard Melody say there that it is a is a, it is a good first step. Again, I've seen others uh, deride this bill, blast it as being awful, as being weak. Democrats caved. Uh, but the reality is, uh, and again, in talking with Moms Demand Action and other groups, they said, look, there are good things in the bill. And if folks, if they were able to get something versus nothing, that was most important. I think that that's exactly what we're talking about here. We're talking about everything in context. Uh, there's an old African saying, and depending on which country you're in, it's either how do you eat the elephant or how do you eat the rat? But the answer is one bite at a time. When we have rage, which has now become international rage around this issue of gun violence, if we do not find a way uh, to provide steps forward to be successful, that rage leads to utter hopelessness, which manufactures more rage. So this bill is a step in the right direction. I think it's important to note that it's not going to be a be-all, end-all bill. Uh, no bill ever has. We have seen success in this country incrementally. Uh, that's not to say we're not going to reach the goal, which, in my opinion, from where I sit, is a full-out ban on assault weapons, period. Uh, but until we get to that space, we have to incrementally get what we can get. Uh, this bill has a number of notable sponsors. Uh, we see Lindsey Graham. His name is on this bill. We see Mitt Romney. 
uh, whose name is on this bill. Uh, we also see Kristen Cinema, whose name is on this bill, and our good old friend Joe Manchin. So there's always that uneasiness uh, when we see those names pop up and we wonder whether it's going to have some teeth. But um, ask a person trying to take a stake down, it's better to have two teeth working on it than no teeth at all. So as we move toward getting the larger goal of this assault weapons ban, which is needed, this is a very important first step, and I hope we get to see this go through both houses uh, with the correct number of senators needed to uh, prevent the, the filibuster uh, and hopefully see this begin a journey toward uh, move, removing the threat of gun violence in America. Uh, Jason, I've seen uh, liberal commentators and others uh, just call this awful and a waste of time. Um, your thoughts? Um, I would disagree with them. Um, and I, I understand that there are certainly other things that people wanted. I'm somebody who's, who's pro-gun and pro-gun uh, reform. I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. But... Uh, of course, I wanted things that weren't in this bill, but at the same time, we have to be realistic. You have, as, as the Reverend mentioned, you have Kristen Sinema and you have Joe Manchin who are not going to end the filibuster. You need 10 Republicans. You're not going to get John Cornyn to vote for an assault weapons ban. You're not going to get Lindsey Graham to vote for an assault weapons ban. But you can get expanded background checks that will save people's lives. You can get red flag laws. You can end the boyfriend loophole. These are really important things that are going to save lives. Is it going to be perfect? Is it everything that people like me and you and others want? No. But this is politics in our democracy. This is how it works. You have to compromise at, cer at certain points. And as you make your point stronger and stronger, perhaps we'll be able to do something. But as your last guest pointed out, it's been 26 years, nearly three decades, with no action, zero, none. You know, since that assault weapons ban expired, there has been pretty much nothing done on this issue, even on things that were very popular. So the fact that you can get 10 Republicans to sign on to this and actually get some action uh, and get a bill uh, to Joe Biden's desk, possibly, I think that that's something to uh, be excited about. And many of the people who have, who have put so much sweat equity into gun reform, like uh, the David Hoggs of the world and the Parkland kids, they are excited about it. So I think it's, it's not perfect, but it is something, uh, and it's something that's a lot more than that that's happened in three decades. Uh, Julian, uh, Yank Uger, of course, with the Young Turks, uh, was not happy at all. This is how he responded uh, to a. Um, this is how he responded to a um, uh, to a tweet by Senator uh, Chris Murphy. He said, "Sure, pass it. Uh, uh, Y'all should be able to pull it up, folks. Can you pull it up? Sure, pass it. But it's nearly useless, other than as political cover for Republicans and Democrats who don't want to appear to be doing nothing." This doesn't even seem to have a single one of the really benign suggestions McConaughey said the other day in the White House. You know, Roland, uh, there's a saying, don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. Uh, the fact is, I agree with both of my colleagues here. This is a step forward. It may be a mini step, but certainly nothing has been done. 
the National Rifle Association has had such a stronghold on the Republican Party, and you have the likes of Mansion and Cinema, and they're not the only ones who basically tilt their, you know, their dinos, Democrats in name only. So we haven't seen the progress we'd like to see. Um, the Young Turks, I love them, but they're, you know, they are solid gold progressives, and you don't get everything you want in politics. And I mean, they need to go back to civics. Uh, high school civics or, or, you know, political science 101. Basically, you don't want to see legislation made. People say you don't want to see the sausage or legislation made because it's messy. So we don't know what was left on the table. But what we know is that folks were able to get 10 Republicans to sit down. And until they change the filibuster, which is not likely to happen anytime soon, this may be as good as it gets. Would I rather have this than nothing? Oh, absolutely. And so, Mr. Young Turk, uh, bloviating is what he's doing is bloviating because I don't think he's ever sat with legislators and watched them horse trade. Now, this, it, it is weak, but again, it's better than nothing. And let's just, I'll repeat, it's better than nothing. Do not let the perfect get in the way of the good. You don't see what? Uh, Alex, we're still up? Okay, all right then. So um, so we momentarily lost the feed here, folks, and so um, so glad we are back up. So y'all let me know what the heck happened there. Um, uh, Julian, finish your comment before I go to a break. Sure, all I was saying is don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. I agree with my colleagues. But I think we've got to move further, and we have to disempower the National Rifle Association that has a stranglehold on thinking, on simple thinking. These people do not think. With all these people died dead in a supermarket, in an elementary school, they still want to have business as usual? They need to be voted out yesterday. Yesterday. All right. Folks, hold tight one second. Uh, when we come back uh, here from Atlanta at the UNCF's Unite 2022 um, Summit for Higher Education, Black Higher Education, we'll talk with uh, the uh, outgoing president of Dillard University, Dr. Walter Kimbrough, a good alpha man. Uh, and we'll also, of course, uh, talk more about uh, what's happening here at this uh, summit. In addition, uh, in the next hour, we'll talk about January 6th committee today. Eugene Goodman testified for the first time about what happened. He, of course, was a black cop who saved a lot of members' lives by redirecting those white domestic terrorists on January 6, 2021. We'll discuss all of that on Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network back in a moment iPhone 13 on us for every customer. Current, new, everyone to show the love. How about sushi? I just had sushi for lunch yesterday. How about tacos? Automatic emergency braking. One of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 Chevy Equinox. Find new technology. Find new roads. Chevrolet. On the next Black Table with me, Greg Carr. An amazing conversation with one of the most important thinkers of the last century. If you've ever taken an African-American studies course, he is one of the pioneers that made it possible. We didn't come to UMass grateful to be there. We brought in people that were better than the white people that were there. Professor John H. Bracey Jr., historian, activist, prolific author, and amazing teacher. He joins us on the next Black Table, only on the Black Star Network.
Love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, you'll hear from Elizabeth Davis. She left a flourishing career in the construction industry to build her own business using her same skill set. And oh, by the way, now a multi-million dollar business. Every day I was looking at my numbers rather than looking at them weekly or or monthly. Um, when you're first starting your business, my recommendation is look at your numbers every day because are they balancing out each day? If they're not balancing out for three days in a row, that means your week is going to be off. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. On the next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie, we're talking all things mental health and how helping others can help you. We all have moments where we have struggles and on this week's show, our guests demonstrate how helping others can also help you. Why you should never stop giving and serving others on a next A Balanced Life here on Black Star Network. Hi everybody, this is Jonathan Nelson. Hi, this is Cheryl Lee Ralph and you are watching Roland Martin. Unfiltered. All right, folks, uh, welcome back to Atlanta. We are here at the uh, United Negro College Fund 2022 Summit for Black Higher Education. We'll be here uh, for the next three days, uh, live streaming various events. Uh, there's a session happening right now. Let's do this. Let's go live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. To uh, this session, let's uh, see what they're talking about. All right, so we're getting video. Y'all let me know uh, what's happening. TGEM, which is the asset management arm of Prudential, is the 10th largest asset management in the world with over $1.6 trillion in assets under management, launched a new program called HBCU Strategic Initiatives, led by my colleague Timothy Woods, who is here as well. Under his leadership, the program aims to establish and maintain student-run investment funds in addition to providing training and scholarships at HBCUs with the goal to further diversify asset management across the country. He will also lead an education and training initiative focusing on managing school endowments. And lastly, through our partnership with Student Freedom Initiative, we launched the Michael Grants Fund, which provides emergency cash assistance to cover unexpected expenses that does not have to be repaid. The program has launched with nine HBCUs, and that number will only continue to grow. With that, I hope during the course of this week's convening, we, find, we might find time to connect and learn more about each other's work and how Prudential might partner with all of you. I will now like to introduce Dr. Eddie Cole and what will be a thought-provoking opening plenary. Eddie Cole, PhD, is an associate professor of higher education in history at UCLA. And he, of course, is going to be uh, having a sit-down chat with Dr. Lomax, who will be uh, carrying uh, some of that as well. Right now, we're joined by uh, the outgoing president of Dillard University. No, he wasn't bounced out. He decided to leave uh, on, his, uh, on his own. Dr. Walter Kimbrough, uh, he was uh, formerly the president at uh, Philander Smith. Uh, what, 16 years as president? How long? I'm in my 18th year. 18th year. Yeah, Your 18th a, year. It's a lifetime. Uh, and so, uh, good alpha man. Glad to see you here. So, first question, what you doing? Did you just say, you know what, it's, t it's time to step down and uh, recharge and 
find out what's the uh, next thing for you? Yeah, so, you know, I always tell people, blame it on me growing up United Methodist with this itinerant ministry. So seven and a half years at Philander, um, going into my 10th year at Dillard. And I think the pandemic gave everybody a chance to think about a lot of things. And for me, when I think about it, you know, I'm 55, turned 55 this year. I'm seven years younger than the average college president, but I spent a third of my life as a college president. So it's time to sort of think about what should I do next. So I had a conversation last summer with Janetta Cole, and she did the same thing as Spellman. Entering her 10th year, she said, I'm leaving. And, of course, you know, she's a record-setting president at Spellman. And uh, I called her and I said, why did you make that decision? She said, Brother President, it's good for the institution and it's good for you too. And it's the way that she said it, it convicted me. I was like, yeah, do something else. You still got time to be creative. Um, you can still stay in the HBCU space. But, you know, like you, I'm a graduate of the University of Georgia. So there's opportunities in the predominantly white space as well. So I'm open to new opportunities. Um, it, it, so I, I juxtapose what you just said to uh, Dr. Harvey, who just retired at Hampton. And he was there, what, 40? Yeah, like 44 like, years. Like 40 plus years. I mean, that is a very long time. First of all, uh, it's rare to have somebody be the president of an HBCU or any institution uh, for for that long. Um, but also, it, I think it's a part of it. I also look at this as when you've left a place in the right position, then, frankly, you make it easier for the next person to take it to the next level. Right. No, exactly. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, institutions like HBCUs, a lot of institutions are living organisms. And so Dillard today is not the same Dillard that it was 10 years ago. We were still rebuilding from Hurricane Katrina. We didn't have all of our buildings open. So it's a very different place. And so as the institution grows, there's somebody who has different skills and strengths that will help at this point in time. And I want a different experience, too. So how do I grow as a person and look for those as well? And I don't think people think about that. They're just like, I'm going to ride this until the wheels fall off. I'm like, that's okay, but, you know, everybody knows people who retire on the job as well, and I'm not going to be that person. So I want to make sure I get different experiences. And because Dillard is in a really good place, let someone come in with new creativity, new energy, and take us to another level. That's a win for everybody. I look at um, one of your counterparts, uh, Dr. Ruth Simmons, uh, who stepped down at Prairie View Annam University. Although I'm still trying to figure out what's going on there. But I read the statement, I was kind of like, I was try sort of reading between the lines. Uh, I, I didn't get the sense that she uh, was was ready to leave, but I'm gonna try to have a conversation with her eventually. <laughs> right. uh, but, but 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 walk folks through and definitely, you know, Julian is on our panel today. Uh, is first of all, you last in ten years. It's a whole. I mean, if there's one untenable position, it has been a lot of HBCUs. Yeah. I mean, shuffling presidents in and out, a lot of instability, changing of uh, leadership. Uh, I mean, that is a detriment to any institution when you have that much uh, turmoil. I've heard from HBCU presidents who said uh, that uh, 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 the stress, the constant uh, fundraising, battle with uh, alumni and boards of trustees, uh, some folks are like, you know what, I'm just not dealing with all of this. Yeah, no, it's so, you know, I've, I've started to study to look at those 10 years and for all college presidents, the 10 years have dropped. So I think the average now might be six years for all college presidents for HBCUs. It was hovering around four. 
So really, I mean, people get one contract, their first contract, three, four, five years, and they're done if they make it through that. So it is, this is one of the, you know, it's just hard. I, I, you know, I heard Cornell West say once, you know, that when you lead people who sometimes hate themselves, there's a cost that's wrought from you. I believe that. I, you just see it. It's just people who are dealing with their stuff. And sometimes as a president, I've learned to not take things personally because sometimes people are lashing out, and it might be at me, and it has nothing to do with me. It's stuff going on, and when you start digging in those layers, you're dealing with hurt people. And so you got people who got issues at home. They got financial challenges, just being black in America, all those things, and you lead that group. It's a hard job. I, I've said this, and I, I tick some folks off. And first of all, I, I, first of all, I've ticked people off for a very long time. I don't really care, because actually, before I ask that, before I talk about that, here's one of the things that does bother me. And I want to, and because you said it, so you went to Georgia, um, and I do believe this is a problem in the HBCU world, where there is this attitude or distrust of folk who are black who didn't go to HBCUs. Uh, and in some ways, there's a level of, H, of HBCU shaming, where you have, first of all, you got some black folks who look down on folks with HBCUs, but then you got some HBCU people who question one's blackness. I even, I even when I got, when I had the Footmore Star Telegram, uh, yeah, Valerie Hill, and I, I bust Valerie out in person on this here. Um, when we, we first met, we were uh, running a photographer's pen, and um, someone introduced me to her, and she says, oh, this is the brother who knew who he was with the Texas A&M. I was like, I don't know who the hell you think you're talking to. And I said, I said, baby, I grew up in a black neighborhood with a black family, went to a black church, black elementary school, black middle school, black high school. I said, I think by the time I got to college, I knew I was black. Uh, I said, so you might want to back up. And... And, and, and I've, had to, I've had to deal with people on that. And what I've said is, how are you going to fight folk who, be, who believe in helping black folks, but you're holding against them because they didn't go to an HBC institution? I want knowledgeable folks, regardless of where they come from, to help. Right. No, exactly. So my wife and I talk about this. We think, and, and she, the HBC graduate, Talladega College, we always say that, People at HBCUs might not trust you unless you have two of the three sort of silos of blackness. HBCU graduate, black church, black fraternity sorority. So I got two and, of the and three. And you got to throw black spouse in there because some folk get well, yeah, 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 right. you. Yes. Right. So, might be four. Right, right. Yeah. So, right. So you, I mean, so it's <laughs> like I got those two, but the same as you. I grew up here in Atlanta, black elementary, middle, high school. I mean, I've been around blackness all the time, so I was able to make that. But then I'll tell people, the greatest, I would argue, the greatest HBCU president was Benjamin Mays, who went to Bates College in Maine. So he didn't go to an HBCU, and he created this idea of a Morehouse man. So, and that's always been, he's always been my role model. My high school, Benjamin Mays High School, was named after him because he was superintendent of schools here in Atlanta. So, you know, as long as those people understand blackness, I think that's okay. But there is sometimes that sort of stigma like, oh, well, you didn't attend an HBCU. And a lot of times people who attend an HBCU, once they come back and work at one, realize that's a different experience. Because students a lot of times don't fully understand what has to happen to make that institution run. Right. So just by attending that means you're an expert on HBCU. And, and I, want, I want to deal with that because uh, one of the things that, and I said this a couple of months ago, uh, about a month, month and a half ago. And I, and I was talking about, uh, specifically in the area of sports, media rights, things along those lines. 
uh, that there's a whole lot that HBCU folks don't know in terms of how this business operates. Uh, I've, I've, I've said that there have been some bad deals people have signed uh, that I personally believe uh, that folks have not, that they've been undervalued, if you will, negotiating. I believe uh, that many of us, we, we talk about the pain of black folks, many of us suffer from white validation. Uh, we believe that uh, if CNN doesn't show up or if ESPN doesn't show up, therefore it's not legitimate. Uh, when reality, my whole deal is if you can own the product, uh, then you actually can make more money than you might signing a rights deal with ESPN. Uh, and, I've, and one of the things that I said is I said, to, I said to all HBCU presidents, if you don't know jack about this space and your AD don't know and your general counsel don't know, please go out and hire some African-Americans with unique skill set in these areas that can maximize your revenue when it comes to sports rights, when it comes to licensing deals and things along those lines. And that rubs some people the wrong way when I said that there are people who are sitting on boards of trustees right now who ain't got no business being on those boards. I said, now y'all can be mad all y'all want to, but I also see it in black organizations. I, I fundamentally believe that there has to be a massive uh, shakeup in what I call black leadership because we got a lot of nice people, yeah. but they simply don't have the expertise for the areas and the size of the budgets they're governing. Right. Your thoughts. Right. No, exactly. So, I mean, it's interesting you said that uh, you were sharing some information with me about that. Our athletic conference, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, we're small NAIA schools. But at our president's meeting last week, we were having these conversations to say, what's the best package for us working with some African-American companies to say, how do we, you know, share our content? Can we do it through TV? Can we do it streaming? How do we get that revenue? So we're having that conversation even as a small and realizing we don't have the expertise. So let's go out there and reach an every Every company that we've been talking to and getting these RFPs for are black-owned companies to help us do exactly what you said. So there are some of us who are listening because I think you're right, and I think you made the point. You're saying people are excited. You're on ESPN3, but you're still watching that online, so it's not like you're on regular ESPN. Nope. You ain't getting nothing from it. Right. So, so you're so, just saying so if you get, on ESPN. If you're getting zero, right. all you're all you getting is just say, yeah, that we're on ESPN. Right. And I'm sorry. That, that, that just makes no sense to me because right. I've traveled. I mean, like I said, Dr. Lomax, I've probably, you know, I've been Dillard. I've probably been, I've been Philander. I've, been, right. I've probably been, uh, I think I'm around 65 HBCUs. And every time I go to one, it, and it's just natural for me, I assess media, I assess equipment, I assess uh, facilities. Uh, I've said to every single one of the HBCUs, look, I have experts on my show all the time. Every HBCU should have basically a Skype room with their monitor, with their camera, where, they, where their professors can come in, do interviews, things along those lines. Uh, I say it because that's, that's what University of Virginia does and, and A&M and other universities. And, that, and every time when I throw this thing out, people are like, man, well, you know, we ain't got the money. I said, y'all, I said, we do stuff with this show. And I, we did a broadcast, and the cast from NBC were like, damn, we were watching that march y'all covered. How in the hell y'all looked that good? Y'all had three people. But when you know what you're doing, right. then you can make that thing pop. And so that's where, you know, sort of, you know, I, I'm, always, I, I'm, I'm always there. My whole deal is don't lead with we can't or we ain't got this or well, you know. No. Say 
What's possible? Right. What's doable? What can we do within parameters of this budget? Right. No, I agree. I, and I think part of it is just making sure that we're getting our people to be out there to be accessible. Um, we got to understand that things operate in what I call, or, or journalists call, internet time. So, for example, if you send me a text and say, hey, I'm doing X, Y, and Z on the show, you're not going to wait for me for hours to respond to you because you got to keep moving. So I'm going to text you and say, yeah, I'm good, or no, I can't do it. And sometimes we don't have that mindset. We want to run through and let me send this to this person that you yeah. don't have time for all I, of I, so I tell we miss all, opportunities. Doc, doc, I can't tell you how many people I've told that to. And I said, oh, or, oh no, I, oh, I can't do it today. How about Thursday? The, it's going to be a whole That's new right. story on Thursday. Right. It's a new cycle. Right. <laughs> so it's, we got to still keep learning that. Uh, so I think you got to keep giving that message out. And people, because they'll ask us, you know, Dillard, I've shown them, you know, media ad values. We have companies that will show how much of a media value you're getting for these appearances. When I first got Dillard, it was $15 million. Last year, it was $85 million. And there's more than most of the people in the city of New Orleans. And if you do per student, it's even more than Tulane. So it's like, well, how are y'all doing that? Because we take advantage of the opportunity. There you go. And black media counts, too, and people don't understand that. But they're counting all of that. they counting all of sustained, that. Sustained. So if I got Dr. Robert Collins on your sustained, show, yes. they count that. That's, That's my media value. There you go. There you go. Um, what would you say has been, um, I ask book authors this all the time, what, what has been your biggest uh, wow moment that something that, that, shocked you that you just didn't you were just blown away by uh in these 18 years uh as an hbcu president man that's you know i would say probably over the last few years was um right before the 2016 election when we were hosting a senate debate and david duke qualified First of all, I was shocked that he qualified. Now, I think they still rigged the numbers because he had never polled above 3%. And the week before <laughs> our debate, he gets to 3%. And then he drops right back down. So I, I think right, right, good right. TV. So I was like, but, you know, the outrage that people had. And I kept telling people, we missed the sign that things were about to change in this country. So when you saw Trump get elected, people were shocked. I was like, I wasn't shocked because I saw Duke pop up. And I don't think that was, it was a signal. Yep. It was a signal. So that was just, just how people responded. And people, you know, got in their feelings and wanted us to shut things down. And we didn't want to be activists and say, well, how do we prevent those things from happening? We just want to holler and scream and say, well, don't let him speak on campus. Well, that's not doing nothing. You got to get out there and do some other things. You got to vote. You got to do these things. And we didn't want to do that. We just want to complain. So that was, that was a shock for me to watch. But once I look back on it, I was like, oh, that was a sign that everybody missed, that this Trump thing is about to happen. You took a lot of heat when Candace Owens came to Dillard. Yeah, a little bit. Not, not too bad. People were upset, and I was like, no, let me tell you, that room was packed because students wanted to hear because it's like, who is this black girl riding for Trump like this? And it's like, y'all need to learn how to make arguments with some of these folks. I think that was a value for me. It's like, how do you study and listen to some of the nonsense she's saying? And it sounds good. She can make it sound right. good. But she don't have her facts right. But y'all got to learn how to be able to deal with the facts. I think that the issue now, listen to Bill Barr today, Trump has created this environment where people are not interested in facts. No. I got people telling me stuff about HBCUs. And I'm like, I've been a president for 18 years. Right. They can't even spell HBCU. And they're telling me my facts are wrong and Trump is right. Well, that well, well, well we, we've experienced that over the last uh, three or four years. But every time something would happen, 
uh, and all of these, they would have these black folks, they would jump out and they would start hollering and talking. I'm like, whoa, whoa, y'all know what the hell y'all talking about. Nope. And then you would come on Twitter and, and lay this whole thing out and people would, they, they would try to throw something else out. It was kind of like, y'all. Like, you have no idea. I, I, I remember, right, I remember there was somebody who was trying to tell you, you're like, yeah, I've only actually been a president. Right. I'm looking at actual budgets. <laughs> you know, you're talking about what you heard this man say. It's like, I'm looking at my budget. I'm looking at the federal budget. I'm looking at his budget. I'm looking at all of it. I'm looking at real numbers. And you did come back and just say, well, you just don't like Trump. It ain't about me liking him. I'm just, let's deal with the facts. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's, we got to do better. Most, um, I got to say the- Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Wow moment, but uh, that most enjoyable moment or thing that you've experienced? Uh, Every year for me is graduation. It's just, and the stories like this year we had the young lady who, 
I mean, it just went viral. She texted me at 4.45 in the morning saying, I am not going to make graduation. I just got admitted to the hospital to have this baby. And we had been talking for weeks to try to figure out how she, I was like, all right, so you think you're going to make it? When the doctor's going, you know, and, you know, induced later on, I said, okay, well, if you're feeling funny at the ceremony, we're going to move you up and get you out of there. So she didn't make it to the ceremony. So I was like, all right, well, give me your schedule. My wife and I went down the next day, gave her her degree. And it was all over everything. People just shocked. I was like, this is what I would do for any student. I mean, that's just so it's somebody like her or it's when we gave Garrett Morris, who was a Dillard grad, honorary degree. That's one of my favorite Dillard pictures because he's just leaning on me, just bawling. And it was just, you know, like this guy is over generations. Older alums know him for Saturday Night Live. You know, me for Jamie Foxx and Martin. He's on Two Broke Girls. He's just this long career. But to, to see him on that stage with these big tears because he's getting his honorary degree is something I'll never forget. Uh, I, I, that, that story absolutely did go viral. Uh, and now, so I got to ask you this here. Uh, th- there's some presidents who cannot stand the students who come around, who come on the stage dancing oh. or doing something. But then you got some, then you got, uh, like Winston Salem state, yeah. uh, pre- he, hey, he encourages it. His whole deal is like, look, this y'all day. Right, right. Well, where do you come down on that? So it doesn't really bother me. I remember when I was at Albany State, we used to laugh. I was a VP down there, and the VP, she would say, graduation is a dignified ceremony. As soon as she finished that, the air horns start going off. We were like, Dr. Brown, get us up. It's not going to happen. So it's like, and ours having at Dillard Day, you got a couple who will do it. It hadn't been just excessive. So it's cool. I don't, you know, I'm just like, don't slip because if you fall and hurt yourself, I'm clowning you. And it was like somebody this year when the schools yeah. fell, uh-huh. I'm like, see, you never going to live that down. Right. So be careful. Right. You're going to be a meme right. for forever. forever. Right, forever. So just make sure that they can get slick up there. Don't fall because if you do, I'm laughing. All right, so, okay, this is the last question, and I, I know I got my Poor People's Campaign guest. I'm over time, so just hold on. Uh, last question, and I know, uh, I know, you, I know you can't say me because I didn't, I didn't do Philander or Dillard when you were president, but the best commitment, now you know I would have killed it. Ask, no. ask the other 14 HBCUs. But anyway. So, you know, but, you know, I always have you, though, because every that's time right. you're on campus, you kill it. I'm so, just saying. I know. I mean, like I said, after the David Duke thing and things are going crazy, I was like, who can make sense of this? It was you. <laughs> so you came in after. So I'm like, definitely, I understand that. The, your best, out of all your commencements, absolute best commencement speaker. I don't know. It's, it's a hard. People would go between Denzel and Michelle Obama. Obama, Denzel's is going viral. It's the second most watched ever. He was great. But I'm going to tell you, last year, Michael Ely went straight black power that people were not ready for. I don't think I was ready for him. Really? Michael Ely, that was one of the most, because I had faculty members saying, okay, he might have been the best. Wow. That brother, he, he really prepared. But you just, because people just thought, you know, my wife said, these women came looking for the eye candy. They got meat and potatoes. <laughs> brother was deep. He was deep. I was like, all right. So the folks who didn't see it, we're, we're you, gonna, it's yeah, it's on our YouTube channel. Michael Ely's commencement speech was absolutely fantastic. So for me, he might be my number one. And like I really? said, really, Janelle Monet was great. Chance to rap. We've had some great ones, but that Michael Ely, he caught everybody off guard. You know, really? He caught, yeah. He was like, because, you know, he's just saying, like, why are we, once again, this white validation. He said, you know, why is everybody trying to be the next, the, the black Bill Gates? I don't everybody hear themselves say, I want to be the white Oprah. Mm. We were like, okay. He, no, he went there. It was great. Okay. Michael right. Ely. I'm going to have to hit him up you on that. Check. Yeah, he was I'm, great. I'm, I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah.
then I, then I got to give a call. So, all right then. Dr. Kimbrough, always good to see you, man. Anytime, man. Uh, good luck you. on what's next. Let us know uh, what it is. I will. And, uh, sure and will. we definitely uh, will chat about it. All right. Sounds good. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thanks a bunch. All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to talk with, uh, all week we're going to talk with dads uh, who were involved in the Poor People's Campaign. Of course, their massive march in D.C. is taking place on Saturday, June 18th. We will be there broadcasting live from there. Reverend Dr. William Barber, Reverend Liz P. O. Harris, uh, and the Poor People's Campaign. So we'll discuss uh, that with one of the dads. It's next right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered, the Black Star Network, broadcasting live from the UNCF Unite 2022 Summit for Black Higher Education here in Atlanta. We'll be right back. powerful movement is rising across America. From the Mississippi Delta to the Apache Stronghold. From the homeless encampments of Washington State to the coal fields of Appalachia of West Virginia. We are the 140 million poor and low wealth people in this country. And we are building the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. On June 18th, ahead of this year's midterm elections, while the Congress is still in session, we will hold a mass poor people's and low-wage workers assembly and moral march on Washington to arrest the attention of the nation, to put a face and a voice on poverty and low wages in this country. This is a watershed moment for justice and democracy in America. There are those who say that transformative change is impossible, but history teaches us that it is precisely in times like these that people must build a broad and deep movement from the bottom up. We must compel this nation to repent, to lament, and to see the realities that have been hidden for far too long. On June 18th, we will come together to lift the voices of the poor and low-wage workers who know that change is not only possible, it is essential for our survival. We will make the connections to show how systemic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, the denial of health care, the war economy, and the false moral narrative of religious nationalism and white supremacy are hurting us all. We will show the nation the faces of Americans who cannot afford to go back to normal. We will detail the policies that can move us toward a society that works for everyone. And we will pledge to go home and build power for transformative change in this year's election and for years to come. Because the question should have never been, how much will it cost to address poverty? The real question is, how much is it costing us not to? Somebody's been hurting our people. It's gone on far too long. And we won't be silent or unseen anymore. Join us in D.C. on June 18th. Build with us for a third reconstruction in America. Visit poorpeoplescampaign.org.
love our new Alexa. It's a Buick. Yeah, Alexa. Buick. Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. It's a Buick. It's an Alexa. Coach, that's a Buick. That's an Alexa. The Buick Enclave with available Alexa built-in. Hey, I'm Dion Cole from Blackest. What's up? I'm Lance Gross, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Partnerships emerged out of this. But ultimately, the wealthier universities with more resources understood that to have system-wide change within U.S. higher education, you had to look toward black colleges and universities. Hundreds of thousands of dollars went into these programs. This is so, so critical to how we even make sense and even think about affirmative action today because these partnerships were so critical, right? Now, with that said, somewhere along the way, those wealthier institutions turned their attention away from the black colleges and universities and turned their attention inward to just themselves. This photograph here shows Rudolph Jones, president of Fayetteville State at the MIT conference. But as you had black leaders at MIT coming up with these programs, you also had whispers among some white academic leaders and white faculty that looked like some of these quotes. Coming across the archives, you can imagine how I felt when I saw this quote from the president of the University of Wisconsin that said, I personally, at first, was rather doubtful about this approach since I thought that integration would eventually wipe out the predominantly Negro label. President Fred Harvey Harrington, University of Wisconsin. Professor Sheldon Judson at Princeton disagreed with the partnerships in general, saying, quote, I don't see any compelling reason to justify the continuance of Negro colleges. My feeling is that efforts should be toward non-segregated rather than segregated institutions. You see, ultimately, these partnerships failed quickly on the same robust level that they were initially planned to be. Because by the late 1960s, officials at Tuskegee were sending letters to University of Michigan officials asking questions about what had failed and what was going wrong and why the University of Michigan had not come through on some of its promises with regards to these programs. All right, folks, uh, that again uh, is the uh, opening uh, plenary session at the uh, UNCF Unite 2022 uh, Summit for Black Higher Education. Uh, as I said to you before we went to break, uh, this Saturday, the Poor People's Campaign were going to have their mass march uh, on the nation's mall. They have been mobilizing and organizing 140 million low-income workers in this country, trying to force policymakers uh, to speak to their agenda. Uh, Stuart Acuff is one of the folks who has been out on the front lines uh, using his voice uh, to speak to others on this very issue. Uh, Stuart is a father of two, retired union leader, community organizer for more than 40 years. He joins us from Jefferson County, uh, West Virginia. Stuart, glad to have you here. One of the things that Reverend Barber is consistently talking about regarding the Poor People's Campaign, which, is, which was really what Dr. King uh, laid out um, when he originated this idea, was that this had to be a multiracial coalition. That whether you were white, whether you were black, whether you were Latino, whether you were a Asian, Native American, if you broke, you broke. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Ultimately, 
until we resolve economic justice. Every other kind of justice we resolve is, is inadequate, is incomplete until we resolve the question of economic justice. Dr. King understood that and he understood that there's power in our numbers. And when we pull all of our numbers together, um, we can win. And in fact, uh, that's the history of the American labor movement. It's the history of the uh, American civil rights movement, which was uh, very well connected to the American labor movement, particularly in the person of A. Philip Randolph, who was one of the greatest organizers America's ever seen. And so uh, I think Bishop uh, William Barber and Reverend Dr. Liz Theo Harris, uh, they understand it as well. It's not just a sentimental reach back to Dr. King, it's rather uh, picking up uh, the cross that Dr. King was carrying when he was murdered and, uh, and pulling it forward uh, across uh, uh, America, across all our people, uh, all our races, all our genders, all our ethnicities, every, all our languages, everything that uh, could divide us. Uh, and this, one could argue, is the most noble task of humanity, is to unite the victims of oppression. Have you, been, have you been surprised at the reluctance of the Biden White House to meet with not only leaders of the Poor People's Campaign, but also affected workers? Reverend Barber and Reverend Harris have said, look, don't, you can't just meet with us. You've got to meet with actually affected workers. And this administration has... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Just simply been unwilling to set that meeting and make it happen. Well, let me, uh, yes, and it's sad and it's wrong and it's foolish. Uh, I'm a big supporter of uh, the president. I was a Bernie supporter, but I watched what... uh, Southern African Americans did and said, and they led the country in Biden's direction. And uh, but I, 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 Biden brought with him a whole circle of old um, sort of status quo uh, corporate Democrats, and I can imagine. Uh, that circle around him saying, well, why would you want to do that? And you would just, you, you, you'll just antagonize Joe Manchin. And we've got to have Joe Manchin and, and Bishop Barber's been after Joe Manchin. Well, hell, Joe Manchin's the problem. And uh, so if that is holding the president back, then that's, that's a, that is itself the problem. Um, and uh, so I, I, I don't understand that. And I understand this question of we've got to deal with the reality of the numbers. That's absolutely right. But we also have a future to deal with. And we have to make the case in action for the elections next November. And part of what we're going to be doing on Saturday is with thousands and thousands of people from all across continental America, 43 different states, I think, are, are coming. And uh, we're not the usual suspects. Uh, in many uh, of our cases, we're the downtrodden, we're the poor, uh, we're the outcast in many cases. Uh, but we're coming to provide a different vision for the election in November. We're coming to say, this is what we intend to talk about. And this is what we're gonna talk about when we're on the street campaigning. And we expect you to take up each one of these issues from ecological devastation, including environmental racism that we're dealing with here in this all across West Virginia, but right now with a foreign corporation called Rockwell that is literally poisoning our county. 
You know, 30% of the people in West Virginia don't have tap water they can drink out of. We have an environmental crisis in, in West Virginia. We've got a human rights crisis in West Virginia. We've got a workers' rights crisis in West Virginia. We've got a health care crisis in West Virginia. We've got a poverty crisis in West Virginia. We've got a heroin crisis in West Virginia. And the heroin crisis is because of all the other crises. And we have a crisis in racial justice. Questions for my panel. I'm going to start with you, Jason Nichols. Jason, what you got for Stuart? <clears throat> Thank you for being with us, Stuart. Uh, I have a question uh, about some of the things that we've seen with movements in the past. Even the civil rights movement is that other points of dispute, whether it's sexism or anti-LGBT uh, sentiments, sometimes creep up into the movement and poison it from the inside. And when I talk to people about economic issues, oftentimes the issue of immigration comes up. And I'm wondering if you guys have seen that as a hurdle, where you have low-wage workers who maybe see competition with other low-wage workers based on their immigration status. And I don't know if you've seen that, but I was wondering if you have and what your movement plans to do about it, if that does creep in. Well, no, we haven't seen it as far as I'm aware. And we are very active in Arizona and California uh, and increasingly active in Texas uh, and New Mexico, um, where you would uh, be most likely to see that. In fact, um, there is a lot of unity uh, between recent immigrants um, not so recent immigrants and uh, and Mexican Americans or Tejano people or Chicano people, Latino people who come from long families that were always in uh, the what we now call the United States. And I, I you know, I I wouldn't want to speak for Latino people on this question, but it, it it's. It's, it's what we all see when we're part of an oppressed group. If you're brown in some counties in Texas and Arizona, uh, and it wasn't long ago uh, that the sheriff of Maricopa County uh, was proud of this, Joe, Joe Arpaio, if you're brown in some counties in, in the United States, uh, the Anglos, who are the law enforcement, don't care if your family goes back a thousand years in that county or two days. Um, you are uh, lumped in with uh, brown people, and that includes uh, um, immigrants. Um, so I, I, I don't think... Uh, and of course, I come from the labor movement as well, and and I've been involved with a lot of organizing of uh, Latino workers. And the truth of the matter is, it is much much easier to bust up the union if you're able to separate the native-born from the immigrant people in a workplace. Um, and so the answer here is unity, and that's 
to to get sort of underneath your your question, Jason. Uh, every the 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 organizing principle, the glue, the core of the Poor People's Campaign is the love um, that our holy scriptures talk about. Um, the prophets of the Old Testament and particularly Jesus of the of the New Testament. And that, if you read, if you're a red letter Christian um, and you focus on what Jesus said, it's pretty easy to see that Jesus was about right. love for everyone. And that's the unifying principle. Sorry to go on and on. And I'm very grateful for this. Julian, your question. Uh, Stuart, first of all, thanks for being with us. I look forward to seeing you out on the streets on uh, Saturday. Reverend Barber is my brother and my dear friend. Um, you uh, you outlined a number of things at the beginning of when you, you started talking to Roland about the West Virginia crisis. You talked about water, uh, heroin, you know, a, a laundry list of things that were happening. But help me reconcile that with the low voter turnout in West Virginia. In 2018, only... I think 26% of people voted in the primary. This May, only 22%, or maybe 23%. So it went down. So you have the mansions of the world extracting surplus value using predatory capitalism as their crutch. But we, you have the poor people of West Virginia who are allowing that to happen by not coming out to vote. Help me with the issue of voter participation in West Virginia of it is our fault. When I say our, I mean, I mean the Democratic Party's, uh, state Democratic Party's fault. Uh, the state Democratic Party is much too close to Joe Manchin, and we're working to change that now. Uh, we're working quietly um, uh, the way you work in an institution to change that uh, now. And of course, we have campaigned as hard as we possibly could against Manchin. But look, Manchin is doing in West Virginia what he's doing across the country. He is depressing Democratic voters. He is undercutting the message. He is saying, I by myself will not allow these changes that the people of America want. And so his his love of the filibuster has a has had a serious effect, and I'm telling you, the president and um, and the senior Democratic leadership needs to understand that they cannot see how deep the the hurt is, the damage that Manchin is doing just by looking at the legislation that doesn't pass. He is causing, he's, he's not only causing despair, but he's also uh, uh, causing distrust. And uh, of course, undermining the agenda and hurting the whole nation. So a lot of the problem is the party, which is, has been until recently owned by Manchin, and it's also, um, uh, you know, the, our state, for a lot of reasons, is not well organized at the grassroots. Of course, 
the United Mine Workers were a wonderful and powerful union and a powerful force uh, for progress in the state. But uh, there are very few underground coal mines left and almost none of them are union anymore. And so we've lost that advocate for justice. And um, so, you know, we work at it as we can, but we're, we're uh, building from uh, our senior groups, we're building from our churches, uh, we're building from our Quaker meetings. We're we're building from our NAACP chapters. We're building from where people who cherish the common good and believe as um, as uh, Woody Guthrie once said, "There's only one definition of God in the Bible, and that is God is love." And so we're 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 taking yeah, where people. I, I got, Stuart, 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 I'm running out of time. I got to go to Jeff, uh, the Reverend Jeff Carr, with the final question. Uh, and so Jeff, go ahead. Sure. Uh, thanks, Stuart, for your work, man. Thanks for everything that you're putting out into the world, uh, and thanks for just being on the ground. About three years before I was born, Dr. King got a Nobel Peace Prize, and he said, "There's nothing new about poverty." What is new, however, is that we now have the resources to get rid of it. Uh, Dr. Jason did a good job of talking about how issues can get conflated. And when we talk about what Dr. Malvo would call predatory capitalism, how do we, as we move towards seeing success in the poor people's movement, how do we keep success from being measured by predatory capitalism? In other words, rewarding a few people who eventually get the success and then them continuing to forget about the people at the bottom. How do we keep that from being mixed up as a uh, measure of success for the movement? Well, that is Stuart, I got about 60 seconds for a response. If I got to go to a break, go ahead. In a country that worships wealth and that rewards the worst amongst us with power and more wealth, that is the question. And we have to connect with one another and with the human spirit at a very basic level. We're all in this together. We are all either gonna leave a healthy climate and, or, uh, and earth to our kids and grandkids, or we're not. We all are gonna have to answer for whether we love one another. And as Jesus said, we'll be judged by how we treated whatsoever we did unto the least of these, we did unto Jesus. What a blessing to be with y'all. Thank Stuart you Acuff. so much. What an honor to Stuart, be on the- Stuart, a, I appreciate it. Malvo, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Uh, Stuart, I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Folks, don't forget, Poor People's Campaign, their mass march taking place on Saturday, uh, June 18th uh, on the Mall in Washington. We'll be broadcasting that live right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, let's do this here. Uh, we're going to go uh, right back into the um, main room uh, for the uh, fireside chat that's taking place right now. So let's dip in and hear some of that conversation. Our college presidents and have been college presidents and chancellors. But Dr. Warwick, there are a whole bunch more people in this audience who want to be. Mm. And, uh, and, and so... 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm wondering what you think the characteristics of a 21st century black college president must be, Mm. how that differs from some of those presidents you were looking at between 1940 Mm -hmm. and 1960, when, by the way, there were still institutions that were getting a black college president for the first time, including Fisk University, which didn't get their first black college president until the mid-1940s. Yes. Or, like Spelman College, uh, which I think still had, uh, didn't get their first black college president until uh, Albert Manley, and I think Dr. Manley came in the 1950s and didn't get their first black 
woman president mm -hmm. until uh, two presidents later. Yes. So, uh, you know, so what do you see as the characteristics that you think are really different for a black college president in the 21st century yeah. than they were in the 20th yeah, century? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great closing question. Uh, let me take a point of privilege and talk about some things that I think are the same, and then I'll say some things that are different. Okay. First thing that I think is the same, critical, based on history, is that it's for academic leaders, presidents, to understand history, right? You have to understand institutional history, but you also have to understand the social history of your institutions, right? Because our institutions do not operate within a vacuum. They're very much considered and connected to the local community. So when you understand the social history, you understand the community's history. When you understand the community's history, you understand the people's history, and then your leadership puts people first in making your decision instead of the institution first. That's historically true and applicable to today. Very good. You, you, you quick on your feet, Doc. Okay. <laughs> but let me give you a difference uh, for our current leaders and for our aspiring uh, black college leaders. And it certainly has to do with uh, technology and how fast you have to respond to the issues today compared to in the 1950s and 1960s. It's one thing for something to happen in the 1950s and 1960s and try to beat the evening edition of the news, right? You got a few hours to figure something out or the next morning newspaper. Now, you're a tweet away from going viral where you're in a meeting and don't even know what's happening. And you've got to be able to be connected in a way and understanding of the way of how to respond quickly, but also with the same level of care that those presidents have had in the past. And that's a big challenge. But if you're not thinking about how to be quick on your feet, right? How to have a meaningful response that really puts what it means to lead a black college forward, but how do you do that in every variety of way that may come up, especially based on technology today? So if you're thinking about being a leader, aspiring to be a leader today, uh, technology and how fast things move and how interconnected we all are is something that has to be in your forefront. And if the pandemic hasn't shown us anything over the past couple years, it's just how interconnected and how impact we all are with each other. Well, you know, that's a, that's a great answer. Uh, and, you know, what, as, as you were giving those answers and immersing your response in the actual history of black college presidents uh, and, and the way they had to address the issues of their time, uh, I have come to the conclusion that one of the elements that we're missing as we do our onboarding of new presidents as we how about sushi i just had sushi for lunch yesterday how about tacos automatic emergency braking one of six advanced safety features standard on every 2022 chevy equinox find new technology find new roads chevrolet on the next a balanced life with dr jackie we're talking all things mental health and how helping others can help you we all have moments where we have struggles and on this week's show our guests demonstrate how helping others can also help you. Why you should never stop giving and serving others on a next A Balanced Life here on Black Star Network. Hey, I'm Arnaz J. Black TV does matter, dang it. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. Stay woke.
All right, folks, welcome back to Atlanta for the UNCF 2022 uh, Unite uh, Summit uh, for Black Higher Education. We're joined right now by uh, the president of St. Augustine's College in Raleigh, North Carolina, Dr. Christine Johnson McPhail. Glad to have you here. Fairly new in the seat. Just hold up a little bit. Delighted to be here, and I've been in the seat about 14 months now. So um, when, um, when President Biden came to North Carolina A&T, uh, he talked about the uh, amount of money that various HBCUs had gotten. Uh, and it wasn't just public institutions, it was private schools as well. Um, uh, I was talking to Dr. Michael Lomax and Dr. Walter Kimber about this. And so um, how did y'all get through that COVID period uh, and, uh, what, uh, and the difficulties that many universities were facing? We, it was a definitely a challenging time for uh, St. Augustine's University, as it was with our sister institutions as well. But we also viewed it as an opportunity for us to take a look at how we delivered our services and our teaching and learning environment for students. So we, we took a deep dive into our technological uh, infrastructure. We looked at how we could multi-purpose uh, uh, classrooms as well, all through the lens of the three perspectives of the HBCU. How do we deliver on the promise of economic impact? How do we deliver on the promise of cultural uh, uplifting and maintaining their culture? And also looking at the political impact that we play in the community. So we went into our strong spots. Uh, HBCUs have always been social justice engines. I think everyone will agree to that. But when we, when we looked at who we were at St. Augustine's University, we knew that we had space defined in the health professionals area. Uh, for example, St. Agnes Hospital, uh, the historical hospital on our campus was the only place that African Americans from New Orleans to Washington, D.C. could get health care. So that we own that space. So in now in the pandemic area, we're saying, how can we repurpose that? So we're seeing ourselves as the center for the study of health disparities. How do we look at that? We can become who we are legacy-wise, but also define that space contemporarily. And we're looking at being the place to go to if you want to know about health disparities for African Americans and also being that workforce pipeline in the pre-health professional education space. I've talked to any number of presidents who have lamented uh, the lack of alumni giving. Folks uh, talk more than they give. Uh, and uh, in, in talking with folks, the average is around 5%. Uh, Claflin is the highest of all HBCUs. Uh, there are some that are in the 2 to 3% range. Right. Um, uh, what have you made clear to your alumni that they must do? Folks uh, may want to come back from home, come in, they may, may want to wear the name on their hats and shirts, uh, but they're not sending a check back. Uh, what, what have you made clear to them what their obligation is? This, that's a great question. And, and what we're seeing is nobody's innocent when we talk about the lack of giving of the alumni. 
the university has a responsibility for reaching out and educating the alumni about what the needs of the university are. And also, the alumni has a responsibility staying in contact with the university so we could collaborate collectively about how to do that. I'm excited about my relationship and our relationship as a university with our National Alumni Association. Matter of fact, in a couple of weeks, the National Association of Alumni will be on campus. We're presenting now my strategic plan, identifying specific asks that we want, we want our alumni to know about. For example, technology is a big issue, particularly inside of our classroom. We want 15 or 20 more smart classrooms, so we're being very specific with the alumni and say, here's a gift that you can give. Give us a classroom, smart classroom. $20,000. So we have a list that we're going to engage in that conversation with them, tell them what our plans are, and then help them see where we are, and then we'll talk about how they can specifically give. They're excited about the conversation as well. Uh, where do you, what do you currently stand in terms of enrollment? Uh, is it up? Is it down? Is it level off? Uh, we are excited about that as well. And what we feel that it's very important for us to understand that our traditional business model in providing education and training as an HBCU institution won't work today. So we had to redefine that. Our enrollment is indeed up, our retention is up, and our persistence is up. And out of four years, we've had the highest alumni giving that we've had in the history uh, of the university. So we're excited about that, and we want it to continue to grow. What would you say is your greatest need right now? Infrastructure, barring none. Our residence halls are old. Our, our, our lighting is uh, old. Our HVAC systems need to be repaired. And uh, around that infrastructure development, repurposing classrooms so that we can have the technology networks that we need and the infrastructure technologically to offer more uh, and expanded uh, online offerings. So those are like bar and none, and those are the big ticket financial uh, options as well. You got a student out there trying to figure out where they want to go, make the case why they should go to your university. Because we see the student as a student and as a person, not as a statistic. We are going to connect with you when you first come to St. Augustine University. We're going to want to know what your career path is, and we're going to show you how to connect, and we're going to show you how to stay on and complete what you want to complete. We help students finish what they start. That's our tagline, and that's our story. And our faculty and our staff is committed. Uh, to the mission of the university, and they know what it is, and that is to have students be successful. When you walk onto on to St. Augustine's University campus, they're going to say, what are the two things that we are about? That anybody, whoever you talk to, is going to be able to tell you. We are committed to student success, and we are committed to the sustainability of St. Augustine's University. All right. Dr. Johnson McVip, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks so much uh, for joining with us, and uh, certainly enjoy uh, the rest of this summit. And thank you for the opportunity to share. All right, thanks a bunch. Thank you. All right, folks, uh, let's uh, talk about what happened in the nation's capital today. Second hearing dealing with the January 6th committee. Uh, it was high drama. Uh, and we probably, this way we can use my hashtag, we tried to tell you. We tried to tell y'all Trump was a grifter. The committee laid out that essentially they, he just took $250 million uh, from donors for no purpose whatsoever. Uh, for no purpose whatsoever, and the, there's no committee, there's no uh, legal defense fund. Here's some of today's testimony.
My colleagues and I don't want to spend time talking about ourselves during these hearings, but as someone who's run for office a few times, I can tell you at the end of a campaign, it all comes down to the numbers. The numbers tell you the winner and the loser. For the most part, the numbers don't lie. But if something doesn't add up with the numbers, you go to court to get resolution. And that's the end of the line. We accept those results. That's what it means to respect the rule of law. That's what it means to seek elective office in our democracy. Because those numbers aren't just numbers, they're votes. They're your votes. They are the will and the voice of the people. And the very least we should expect from any person seeking a position of public trust is the acceptance of the will of the people, win or lose. Donald Trump didn't. He didn't have the numbers, he went to court. He still didn't have the numbers, he lost. But he betrayed the trust of the American people. He ignored the will of the voters. He lied to his supporters and the country. And he tried to remain in office after the people had voted him out. And the courts upheld the will of the people. This morning, we'll tell the story of how Donald Trump lost an election and knew he lost an election, and as a result of his loss, decided to wage an attack on our democracy, an attack on the American people by trying to rob you of your voice in our democracy, and in doing so, lit the fuse that led to the horrific violence of January 6th, when a mob of his supporters stormed the Capitol sent by Donald Trump to stop the transfer of power. Uh, put my pal in here, Jason. It, it was a hilarious day. I mean, here's the deal. This is what we are seeing. And we kept, this dude is grifter in chief. I mean, the people, all these Fox News people, uh, they're whining and complaining about uh, the committee hearing. It's Trump's own people who are sitting here blowing out his life. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. It's his own people that are making it clear that he was the one who was delusional. You can yell, holler, and scream that this is liberals. No, this is his own people. Uh, Jason, you're on mute. Jason, you're on mute. Jason, you're on mute. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. And man, I was just really into See, it. Look at too. you, University of, University of Maryland. You can't even work the mute button. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, now, I'll just say um, that, you know, the interesting thing about the Fox people is that they're all wrapped up in this. They were the ones texting him knowing it was wrong. So, uh, you know, they're, they're clearly aware of all of, Trump, of Donald Trump's lies. And, you know, when you look at all of the things that have come out, Bill Barr basically saying, of course, we all know he said that it was all BS, but Bill Barr also throwing water on uh, Dinesh D'Souza's film, you know, The 2000 Mules, which, by the way, I also threw uh, water on when I interviewed him on my podcast showed him and even my conservative counterpart was like this doesn't add up um so i mean it was just it was comical and it's it's kind of sad that some of these people and i've looked on twitter it seems like they are silent about the fact that he took that 250 million said he was going to pay for legal expenses and just use rudy giuliani and you know and there was basically pocketed the money. I mean, there's there's no accounting for that money. And you would think that people would be livid about that. But we'll see how, how things shake out and how people actually respond to it, uh, you know, knowing that their money, they're in a time where they're complaining about inflation. They're complaining that they can't actually fill up their gas tanks. We all are. But yet, they gave their hard-earned dollars to Donald Trump, and he pocketed it a guy who's worth billions. So I'm wondering how that those people in West Virginia will be able to deal with that, with knowing that. Those people in Alabama who, who 
don't have a lot of money or working on fixed income but believe in Donald Trump's lies. Number one, knowing that it's a lie, and number two, knowing that he took their money. The billionaire Manhattan socialite took the working class guy in Alabama and in Mississippi, took their money and basically grifted them. We'll see how they how they react to this. Look, Jeff, I said point blank. If you were dumb enough to send any money to Donald Trump, you deserve to get ripped off. If you were that stupid to send that fool any money for a legal defense team for no reason whatsoever, okay, he lost the election. And these idiots are running around saying, oh, the Dominion machines lie. I mean, I mean, we had lie after lie after lie. And, and, and the thing that got me the most, his own people were afraid to tell him, like, well, no, sir, I just disagree. Nobody had the sense to say, Trump, shut the hell up. You sound like a damn fool you lost. Well, you know, he got rid of the people who were trying to tell him that it was idiotic. Bill Barr testified to that. He, Bill Barr's uh, testimony was so full of expletives that, that they just had a continual bleep button because he told him that this was not going to work. But as, as Dr. Jason said, he started turning to people like Rudy Giuliani. As far as the people who supported Trump in this grifter scheme, I, I think about the song from DJ. Um, you know, it's hard out here for a pimp when he's trying to get this money for his rent. <laughs> and these people out here are buying it hook, line, and sinker. I talk about it all the time. There's a difference between fact and belief. Once you convince somebody to be a believer, they no longer care about the facts. It harkens back to what Dr. Kimbrough was saying, brother Dr. Kimbrough. He was saying that he's got numbers in front of him, and you're trying to to tell people about what HCOs and BCUs are dealing with, and they're still saying, no, I don't believe that, and listen to the language, I don't believe it. Trump was able to convince people that somehow uh, he was uh, robbed of an election. These people still believe it, even to this day, because they are true believers. Everybody else is a non-believer. They got $250 million that they put into his account. He's not going to have to account for it to the people who believe in him and believe in the nonsense. And, and he's just sitting back saying, I is a, a RZA, should I save her? And all the people who follow him are screaming with their dollars, throwing at him, I want to be saved. So when you get people who will give their money behind belief in this way, it's hard to feel sorry for them in the end because everybody with common sense and facts has been saying this all along. And now you got got and you have to deal with it. Um, Matthew Morgan was a campaign, was a Donald Trump campaign lawyer, and even he said, his ass lost. Watch this. Generally discussed on that topic was whether the fraud, maladministration, abuse, or irregularities, uh, if aggregated and read most favorably to the campaign, would that be outcome determinative? And um, I think everyone's assessment in the room, at least amongst the staff, Mark Short, myself, and Greg Jacob, was that it was not sufficient to be outcome determinative. Julian, they were dealing with a childish idiot 
who could not accept the fact that he took a big-ass L. There you go. You know, this is this has been fascinating. I almost didn't get out of my house this morning trying to watch this and uh, make, you know, make my lift and do all that because it was fascinating. The fascinating thing about it, let's call one name Rudy Giuliani. Uh, when the guy said, you know, the dude was clearly inebriated, um, talking stuff, let's just say we won. Let's just say we won. So you got a drunk fool and a quasi-sober fool, so you had a conference of fools, essentially, with all the other people saying, excuse me, but you lost, excuse me, but you lost. But he didn't want to hear it. But the bigger thing is, we look at the people who gave him money, $250 million, $250 million. And this is a wealth transfer from the poor to the wealthy. But I'm not sure how wealthy Donald Trump is, because I think he needed that $250 million. I mean, when we have yet to have the full accounting of what he's worth, what he lost, what he stole, what he stole, but the, the, just the whole fascinating layer of this. I commend Liz Cheney. I have new respect for her and Benny Thompson, who's been doing a really great job. But the most important thing here is that there's some Americans who are fools. So, so Rudy and uh, the orange orangutan had their little fools conference. There were enough people with $250 million to want to join the Council of Fools to say, we're going to support this man who has never supported us. It sort of echoes the question that I raised with our previous guest, with the brother uh, for West Virginia. How do you vote against your own self-interest? Donald Trump puts himself out there as a man of the people. What people? The fact is that you know, you poor white people, he's not going to have his grandchildren playing with your children. He's not going to have you at Mar-a-Lago. He looks down on you. He has commodified you, and he has taken whatever he can from you. And you continue to support him, continue to vote for him. I'm not sure that these people are minds are being changed as watching this stuff on television. I think that many of them have their minds made up. They believe that he's okay. And the word that we haven't mentioned in this conversation, wrong, what we must, is race. And whiteness. What he has done is he has become basically the uh, standard bearer of white. Um, I don't want to call it supremacy anymore. Somebody pulled my coat the other day and said, "Stop saying white supremacy. They're not supreme." But you know, white idiocy, idiocy to think you're supreme. But he's the white man, and because he's the white man, you see all kinds of insanity, like someone who voted against Juneteenth because they said having Juneteenth was like having critical race theory. I mean, give me a break. But this is the ideological. It has been promoted by the orange orangutan. Well, Jason, uh, Jeff, and Julian, uh, and this be the f final round of questions here. The, the thing that, as I'm watching this, and I and, and and I get it, how they are, how they are structuring this, it is it, it, now coming across if it's, it's a second impeachment. Um, and, and I get how they are methodically laying this out. But I still believe that one of the biggest mistakes is making January 6th all about Donald Trump and not the fact that you have an entire party. You have uh, more than 150 House members. You've got U.S. Senate members who went along with this, who were very much involved. And those folks are still in power. If, 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 you, if you keep trying to make this just about Trump, uh, Jason, it isolates uh, uh, him from the other individuals when what we're dealing with with January 6th is an entire party apparatus that now is beholden to the obscene craziness 
of this delusional man? I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think Trumpism in some ways is outgrowing Trump. When you look at uh, some of the primaries, of course, the primary uh, in, uh, I believe it was Tennessee, the primary certainly, or uh, Nebraska, I'm sorry, uh, and, and the primary that we saw in Pennsylvania, where, you know, his endorsements weren't working. He got booed on that tour with Bill O'Reilly. I think Trumpism is starting to outgrow Trump. And we, I think, that, though, that this committee is building up to this. Uh, they're going to talk about uh, the, the 10 or the 10 or so uh, GOP House members and I think even maybe Senate members who were looking for preemptive pardons from the president, from uh, the former president. So I think they're going to build up to make this bigger than just Donald Trump, but also to show that he is the orchestrator. And I think that they also recognize that he is I'm 2024. Um, so I think you have to take him down to a certain degree and show the threat that he is to democracy. Um, and, you know, that's necessary because I think for his ego, he really wants to be president. And he will come back in 2024. Uh, and if you don't take him down, I think he's got a chance. So I think that they see it as a patriotic duty. But, Go ahead. Sorry. But but I think but I think here, Jeff, is that look, they are running people for secretaries of state, election supervisors. They are trying to put in the infrastructure uh, to control electoral outcomes. This thing is not Donald Trump. Yes. Trump was the ringleader, the circus um, uh, master behind all of this, the one who was sitting here doing all the crazy things. But the reality is this thing has infected, it has affected, and it's going to have an effect on the 2022 midterms and 2024. And so that's why it solely cannot just be about him. Well, absolutely. Uh, I think to Dr. Jason's point, Trumpism is particularly dangerous because he holds the cards psychologically. A lot of these people who are organizing the Republican Party now and organizing in every space, we're talking about from the presidential appointment of judges across the board uh, to state houses redrawing election lines and gerrymandering districts that were primarily de Democratic before we've seen that's happening in Tennessee. Uh, we've also seen that, as you said, they're electing electing officials, uh, Republican committee members locally. They're even organizing to run candidates and to fund them with dark money to run for local school boards. So this is a complete systemic taking over the Republican Party. And yes, at some point, the Trumpism is outgrowing Trump. However, we can look at this two different ways. Number one, if we focus the January 6th he hearings on Trump alone, you could actually give him martyr status and you could actually make this movement worse. The Trump, the uh, excuse me, the commission's job, and Benny Thompson's doing an exceptional job at leading this through, is to discover what happened with the riots, what happened, who was behind them, and who was a participant in it, and how they were helped. Because one of the biggest questions that we haven't gotten to is how this many people were able to breach the Capitol without law enforcement being present. 
So that means that somebody else was a part of this. There were other people other than Trump. There were people who were working in the government. There were people who were working in politics who were also a part of that, too. So it's my hope that this is going to expand, and we are going to be able to catch the people who are culpable, hold them accountable. Even while we see the images of this riot, keep in mind that in spaces like Tennessee, the Republicans are launching initiatives to make it a felony for homeless people to camp or to hang out in governmental spaces. Notice that many of the people who were arrested in the January 6th riots, they are charged with misdemeanors. Why is that important? Because if you're a homeless person who gets their life together, but you were convicted of a felony of sleeping on the state capitol or protesting on the state capitol, you no longer have a vote. Meanwhile, many of the images and the faces that we see represented in this riot, because they're charged with misdemeanors, they will be able to vote and hence look toward 2024. So it's a delicate balance. We want to make sure that we don't turn Trump into a deeper folk hero with the people who believe in the Trumpism. And then we were able to, at the same time, share the blame, share the responsibility and convict everyone who had a role in making this happen. Um, as, as I look at this thing unfolding, Julian, um, again, when you, when you look at the Steve Bannons of the world and what their strategy is, I mean, these people are sick and demented. But what they are doing is they are mobilizing and organizing. That's exactly what I said on Tiffany Cross's show uh, on Saturday. I think, folks, if you missed it, you can, get, you can see it on our YouTube channel um, or the Black Star Network app. Uh, but that's where they are. And, 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 and you can watch this, and we, folks can be tweeting about it and posting about it, but the reality is we are going to have to understand uh, that these folks are playing for keeps. They're not joking around, and, and we've got to be there as well. Roland, the, we, it's a mistake to think of 2016 election as the beginning of Trump. I think we have to go back to 2008 yep. and look at the election of President Barack Obama as the beginning of Trump. Uh, not go back that further. Public... Now go back further. I agree with you. Now go back further. I want to start. Oh, yeah. Trump, Trump, is, Trump, Trump is nothing more. First of, all, first, of all, first of all, Ronald Reagan was simply uh, an outgrowth of uh, black success uh, in the 70s. Uh, and so, uh, and he ran on a white nationalist platform as well. Donald Trump is simply a continuum in this whole thing that I call white fear. Uh, and, but you're absolutely right. It was the election of Obama that actually caused these white people to go, oh my God, America is changing. The demographics are changing. And so, absolutely. And, and they, and Donald Trump is their great white hope. He is, the, he is their Jerry Cooney to Larry Holmes. You know, he precisely is exactly that, and he's been that, and he's played that. Remember him coming down that elevator, escalator, whatever it was, talking about uh, Mexicans, uh, calling re Mexicans rapists. Uh, he has used the race card throughout. He's used it throughout his career as well, even as he sucked up and grinned at black people. I met Donald Trump actually at a party for Maya Angelou that Oprah... Um, held in Florida. And it wasn't at Mar-a-Lago, but it was somewhere. And he was there, grinning and smiling. Um, but, you know, he's always used black people, black symbols, uh, to get access. But he has never been about black people. We know that. We know all of this. But here's what we don't... What, one thing I want to say uh, to Jason. You say that um, 
he's doing this stuff for his ego. Jason, he's doing this stuff for his pocketbook. I mean, he has figured out a way to make money out of politics. The $250 million is just the tip of the iceberg. Praise the Lord to Tish James. Praise him, her for going after the details of this man's money. When we finish, we will find out that not only has he looted the United States Treasury, but everything else he could put his sticky fingers in and pull some money out of. So his ego, yes, but really his economics, because he's not the financial genius that he would let us believe that he is. Instead, he's basically no better than one of the homies from the hood who will snatch your pocketbook out while you're standing on the corner with your, uh, with your bag unzipped. We need to really deal with this. And it is, you know, beyond... Trump is a, may have outgrown Trump, but Trump becomes their sim symbol. The people who would replace him would be like the defantists yep. of the world. And that's scary, too. What we have to really deal with is what our country is looking like and how we can educate our working-class white brothers and sisters. And Reverend Barber is doing a great job of it, but there's just not enough of them who will even go to a poor people's campaign. Because guess what? They don't believe they poor. They may be broke. They may have to pay $5 plus for gas, but they still think they're better than us and that they have whiteness in their back pocket. Right. Right. All right, uh, Jason, Jeff, and Julian, we certainly appreciate uh, y'all being with us uh, on today's panel. Th panel. Thank you so very much. Going to go to a quick break. Going to come back uh, with some sad news from one of the people uh, in our Black and Missing segment. Uh, we'll be right back uh, live from Atlanta at the UNCF uh, 2022 Unite 2022 Summit for Black Higher Education. We'll be back in a moment. On the next A Balanced Life with Dr. Jackie, we're talking all things mental health and how helping others can help you. We all have moments where we have struggles, and on this week's show, our guests demonstrate how helping others can also help you. Why you should never stop giving and serving others on a next A Balanced Life here on Black Star Network. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, you'll hear from Elizabeth Davis. She left a flourishing career in the construction industry to build her own business using her same skill set. And oh, by the way, now a multi-million dollar business. Every day I was looking at my numbers rather than looking at the weekly or or monthly, um, when you're first starting your business, my recommendation is look at your numbers every day because are they balancing out each day? If they're not balancing out for three days in a row, that means your week is going to be off. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Godfrey, the funniest dude on the planet. <laughs> Hi, I'm Israel Houghton. Apparently, the other message I did was not fun enough. So this is fun. You are watching... Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered.
Alicia Lily Bruce has been missing from Fluvanna, Virginia since June 11th. The 16-year-old is 5 feet 6 inches tall, weighs 130 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. Alicia was last seen wearing a light-colored sweatshirt and shorts. Anyone with information about Alicia Lily Bruce should call the Fluvanna County, Virginia Sheriff's Department at 434-589-8211-439, excuse me, 434-589-8211. Folks, we have an update about a previous black and missing we told you about last month. Uh, police in Houston, uh, Texas, believe that 24-year-old California native Felicia Marie Johnson, who went, on April, who went missing on April 15th of this year, is dead. Murder and tampering with evidence charges have been filed against uh, Chukwebuka M. Bodoa. He's still at large. Uh, he apparently was uh, apparently knew the victim. Uh, and so, again, the charges have been filed against him. The correct spelling on his name is C-H-U-K-W-U-E-B-U-K-A-N-W-O-B-O-D-O-A. If you have any information regarding him, you should contact either the LAPD or the Houston Police Department. And say, again, that's the uh, uh, sad news there uh, on uh, Felicia, uh, Felicia Marie Johnson. They believe uh, she passed away. Folks, uh, when we talk about the six uh, members of the Haitian uh, Special Olympics team have uh, gone missing, now a seventh is down missing. 25-year-old uh, uh, Louis Jacques Wilgens was last seen on Saturday at the Disney All-Star Sports Resort around 4.30 p.m. He was scheduled to fly back to Haiti on the following Sunday. He was last seen wearing red sandals, blue jeans, and a white Special Olympics shirt with Haiti written on it. Osceola County Sheriff's Office urges anyone to come contacts Wilgens to check his well being and immediately get in touch with authorities. And the search continues for the six other missing, six members of the uh, special, Haitian Special Olympic de delegation team. Now, no foul play is suspected in the disappearance of these seven. And so we will certainly uh, give you uh, any update uh, when we come across that. All right, folks, that is it for us as we broadcast here from Atlanta uh, for the UNCF. Uh, Unite 2022 Summit for Black Higher Education. Uh, as I said, folks, we're going to be broadcasting uh, tomorrow as well. I'll be carrying some of the plenary sessions, so you want to download the Black Star Network app uh, to catch the latest and be sure, be sure to set your alert. You can do so. It's on all available platforms, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV. Uh, we have Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, and Samsung Smart TV. So uh, check all of those out. You can also, of course, Support us in what we do by joining our Bring the Funk fan club. All of your resources uh, go towards this show. Check in money, check in money orders sent to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 2037-0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. All right, folks, and that is it for us. We certainly appreciate uh, you being with us, and we will see you tomorrow right here from Atlanta with the UNCF and their Unite 2022 Summit for Black Higher Education. Thanks so much. Holla!
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.